Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Coming In For A Landing podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Here's your host, Paul Hudrick. Hello, friends, and welcome to this edition of the Coming In For Landing podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Where do I even begin? Um, I think I know where I begin, actually. I'm going to do it by something that has become my Twitter shtick here and just say it. Holy shit, Joelle and Pete. Um, what an incredible performance. The Sixers win it. 104 to 101. They take game three in Toronto, go up 3 nothing, commanding series lead with a chance to end the Raptor season on Saturday afternoon for in game four to two o'clock local time. Just it's of course we're gonna I have to start with Embiid because <laughs> there's just no other way to start. Um hits a ridiculous Step back three to win it with 0.8 seconds left in overtime. With James Harden watching from the bench because he fouled out at the very end of regulation. Joel Embiid is not going to win the MVP. I think everyone has to accept that. That's where we are. You see all the votes kind of coming out. And it's pretty clear. Jokic is going to win back-to-back MVPs. That is what it is. But (laughs) I'm here to tell you, folks. Joel Embiid is the best damn player on the planet. He, and this is, to me, as a guy who's covered, like, I've covered Joel Embiid since his first game in the NBA. Before that, like, when he was out with a navicular bone injury, I was, I, was, I was around the team then even. To see the growth, to see the maturation of what Joel Embiid has become, which is kind of like basically a promise to now again the the best player on the planet like right now he i you we could argue about it whatever you can put a, a bunch of other names out there you say whoever you want it's Joel Embiid Joel Embiid is the best player on the planet right now and he had a brutal first half he had 5 points and 4 turnovers in the first half he was not good it, it, and he didn't look like he didn't look like he was kind of there mentally um not to say I, I don't think he was loafing or anything like that but i just he didn't look as locked in as he had looked, you know. In, in game two, obviously, he come came comes out like gangbusters after, um, you know, the, the, Toronto really was trying to be physical with him early in that game, and then he goes and rips off 19 first quarter points. He just wasn't that guy um, to start this game. Then he just goes nuts in the third quarter, scores 18 points, has that dunk on Siakam, that poster, just quiets the crowd, which, by the way, Stay classy, Toronto. What F and B? Like, what is? What are we doing here? Like, cheer for your team and sure, boo and beat every time he touches the ball, whatever. But to literally have an arena full of people chanting 
F Embiid. And like, if, again, it's just, it's such a double, it's such a hypocritical thing because we know if Philadelphia fans were chanting F Siakam or whatever, it would be, it would get national headlines. It would be such a big deal. But um, credit to Embiid because he sure as hell silenced um, every single person in that arena. It, it, that three, and you know, so many things leading up to that shot and every like the Sixers were so sloppy. They had done so well taking care of the basketball in the first two games. I think they had 17 combined turnovers in the first two games. <laughs> they had 24 uh, tonight. 24. To overcome that the way they did. And to me, like this is the other thing too. A lot of talk about officiating, what Joel Embiid gets, what James Harden gets, Nick Nurse obviously complaining on the other side. This game proves that Nick Nurse resorted to this because he had no answers for Joel Embiid. He had to resort to this because he knew his team was overmatched. The Sixers turned the ball over 24 times in this game, and they had and James Harden fouls out ahead of overtime, and they still won. The Sixers are, have proven to just be a much better team than the Toronto Raptors. That's the bottom line. And listen, a lot of people thought this was going to be a close close series. I, I was one of them. I, I thought the Raptors would give the Sixers a, a, hard, a much more difficult time than they have through three games. I, I really believe that. There were some people... I was not one of these people who actually thought Toronto would win the series. Well, I I think we all owe the Sixers a, a little bit of an apology here. And a, a big part of that is the play of Embiid. And for how much Embiid has struggled against the Raptors over the course of his career, including offensively in that 2019 series, and let's just, as an aside to this, how serendipitous for Joel Embiid to hit a game-winning shot at the buzzer. Um, not quite at the buzzer, I suppose. Um, after 2019, after Kawhi Leonard hits that hits that shot to, to send the Sixers home. And, you know, the, the, he becomes a meme with him crying after the game because he was so emotionally, he was so upset. But you know what? Uh, it's all part of it's all part of the story, right? It's all part of the legacy. Like, do we get this version of Joel Embiid? Does he become this guy if he doesn't have that pain from that series still burned into his brain? Um, I think the answer is no. <laughs> so it just it's such a beautiful it's it's such a cool story for Joel and like the you just. In the context of, I I get it. It's only a first round series. They're up three nothing. They're probably going to win it, and then they have to play. You know, likely have to play a really good Miami team in the second round. That's not going to be an easy series. That's going to be a really tough thing. And the Sixers have gotten stuck on the second round. That's been the deal. They've made it three times. It's very Donovan McNabb led Eagles in the early two thousands, right? Where you know they keep getting close and just not quite getting there. So I don't want to go too far, you know, I I don't want to, you know, oversell this, but I mean, Joel Embiid's story, the skinny kid in Cameroon at 16 years old who gets discovered by Luke Mbamute uh, and parlays that into, you know, getting a, an offer from Kansas and par parlays that into being a potential high pick, but he hurts his back hurt and, um, and it hurts his navicular bone and all that and 
That leads to him dropping to third, which, my goodness, for the Sixers, winless for Wiggins. <laughs> we were all saying it. Thank goodness that worked out um, the way it did. Like, I'm, I, Obviously, none of us are glad that Joel Embiid had to suffer for those two years, and he went through a lot physically and emotionally during that time. But I think Joel Embiid would agree that that worked out for the absolute best. He sits out those two years. He finally plays all the stuff he went through, leading him up to this moment right now where, again, he looks like the best player on the planet. He hits one of the biggest postseason shots in Sixers history, you'd have to say. I mean, I'm trying to think of like just like big shots, and this this qualifies. This is way up there. This is such an enormous moment. Um, and it just it, – it does feel like when teams go on championship runs, when they go on big runs, they have these kind of moments, these serendipitous moments where – it, it it just the narrative is huge, and the narrative of this one with Joel Embiid again likely not winning the MVP while Nikola Jokic is getting and the, and the Nuggets are getting throttled by Golden State in the first round for Joel Embiid to look like this in this series um, again against a team that has given him so many issues in the past. Like I almost am dying to to see what it's going to look like in the second round against the Miami Heat because the Miami Heat. They are clearly a much better team than Toronto Raptors, but they do not have what the Raptors have. They do not have Nick. Eric Spolsch is a great coach. I'm sure he's going to do some funky stuff and try to throw some stuff at Joel Embiid as well. But it's just not the same thing. So I am just, I am just so, so curious, and I'm so going to be so fascinated to see how that plays out, how Embiid handles that matchup. Um, and I don't want to get too far ahead of it because we're going to have plenty of time. To break that all down, there's you know they still got to take care of business and win one more game here, which I feel very confident they will do. Um, if they don't do it Saturday in Toronto, I feel pretty good about them closing a deal in Game Five at home in Philly uh, on Monday night. So, just to uh, reiterate, just Joel Embiid, just an unbelievable classic performance. Um, hits the game-winning shot, uh, finishes. I. I want to say he finishes with 30 on the night. Um, pulling this up. 33 on the night, excuse me, because that shot landed at 33. And actually, you look at the stat line, other than the six turnovers, which, again, he had five, five, uh, four in the first half, so only two in the second half. 33 points, 12 of 20 from the field, three of eight from three, 13 rebounds. Played some great defense down the stretch, too. Um, that was another thing. He was sensational down the stretch defensively. There was another guy who I thought was absolutely sensational sensational defensively as well. Um, I want to get into Harden because before he fouled out, I, I thought he had a huge impact on the game. And guess what I'm going to do after this little ad break, folks? I am going to give Doc Rivers credit because he deserves it. The man deserves it. But we're going to take a quick break now. Um, we're going to be right back. I'm going to break down more of this thrilling 104-101 overtime victory for the Sixers who now take a 3 nothing series lead with a chance to end Toronto season on Saturday night. We'll be right back after this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, and we are back with more from this game. And uh, as I sit here, I'm, I'm seeing Tobias Harris on my TV screen. And I alluded to it before the break that I was really impressed by Embiid's defense and one other player, and that's Tobias Harris. Look, he he, he had an, he was okay offensively. 11 points, 4 of 9 from the field, 12 rebounds, which, again, can't be understated with considering, um, you know, Toronto's reputation as such a good offensive rebounding team, and that's really been their bed, their bread and butter. And what's made them so good throughout the season is, is their, their length, their athleticism, and their ability to hit the offensive glass. Tobias Harris pulling down 12 rebounds. That is absolutely nothing to sneeze at. As the Sixers, again, crush the Raptors on the boards. 56-39. to And Tobias, again, huge part of that. But, you know, Doc Rivers talked to us after game two, and and, and Tobias talked as well, and they talked about the conversation they had after the James Harden trade, where it was a frank discussion of, hey, Tobias, like, listen, you you have to adjust. You You have to shoot. Those those uh, catch and shoot threes that you got to fire them. You got to make quick decisions, and you really have to apply yourself on the defensive end because we have Joel Embiid, because we have James Harden, and Tyrese Maxey has developed really into this team's third option. With all due respect to Tobias Harris, that is the hierarchy of things right now, right? Um, but you have to give Tobias Harris so much credit for not only accepting that role and say and not complaining about it and being a team guy but starring in it, right? Like, like not only has he said, like, okay, this is my role. He has started it. He's been sensational. He's taken those catch-and-shoot threes. Um, when he's had opportunities on drives, because he had a couple had a couple clutch baskets late in the game, too. Um, when he's had those drives, he's taken them. He's, he's done well in transition. That's, you know, games one and two, I thought he was excellent in transition, and that's a big part of his game when they can get out on the break. And um, I thought that's where he was great, too, but... The defense he has played on Pascal Siakam. After Pascal Siakam flat out cooked the Sixers in the regular season. Siakam tonight, 12 points. 6 of 16 from the field. Didn't get to the line. Minus 4. That is in no small part because of Tobias Harris, who was a plus 7 on the night. And and then not only that, Ananobi, who was, who was, actually, who was really good for most of this game, uh, he had 26, 8 of 18, and Tobias Harris down the stretch did an excellent job on Ananobi. I, I am just, uh, it's, you know, all this discussion about Tobias Harris's contract, and I get it, and, and that could be revisited in the offseason depending on what happens here with the Sixers, but forget the contract right now. Forget how much he's getting paid. He is giving the Sixers exactly what they need. He is filling the perfect role next to the superstars on this team, and he deserves a ton of credit for the Sixers being up 3-0. He's a huge reason why. And, you know, a tough break for James Harden, fouling out late in the fourth quarter, because I thought he was great tonight. Uh, Before he fouled out, you know, I tweeted about it, and I had it in my uh, observations that you can see at LibertyBallers.com right now. I thought his influence early in the game when they were sloppy, when they were committing a lot of turnovers, him kind of being able to reel them all in and 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 slow things down and, and have them run their stuff, 
I thought was pretty important. Uh, Numbers-wise, 19 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, 7-13 from the field, 2-4 from 3, 3-5 from the line. It's a pretty solid stat line, and I, I don't think it shows how good he was because I thought he got to the rim a bunch tonight when um, when Toronto really kind of tried to switch things up and he kind of read it and saw things differently. And uh, this isn't – I don't want to rip Ben Simmons and I don't want to get into all that, but you can just see the difference a veteran point guard like James Harden makes. He picks apart Toronto in the half court. Um, he can hit, the, you know, again, 204 from three. And just the threat of him shooting, um, it, it's enough to, to to draw that attention and that allows him to get to the paint. And I just, I thought he was great tonight as a pure point guard. And listen, I I think that that hamstring is not 100%. Um, I thought he was actually a little bit better than I thought he had a little bit more burst tonight than maybe he had in the first two games. I thought he turned the corner a couple times and had a couple drives. Even in the fourth quarter, he had one um, big drive where he finished for a layup, another one where uh, he, he drives to the right and Van, v- and Van Vliet fouls him. Unfortunately, he splits the free throws, which we wouldn't have even had to deal with over time, perhaps, if he makes both. But um, I-, I thought overall he was he was really good. I thought, again, fit what this team needs to a T. Joel Embiid's the guy, right? Like, that. that's that's the deal here. He is the guy. And I think James Harden, to his credit, has accepted the fact that, one, he's not 100%, and that, two, this is Embiid's team. Embiid is the guy. If they're going to win a championship, if they want to get where they want to go to, it's got to be Embiid as the number one option. He's got to be the guy. And everyone else just has to fall in line. And I think that's exactly what's happened through three games. And I think that's a big reason why they are up 3-0. Another big reason why. I'm going to say it. Glenn Doc Rivers. He has coached himself one hell of a series. First and foremost, you know, despite maybe scaring a lot of people, (laughs) um, He's played Paul Reed as his backup five. Paul Reed is, is the absolute correct player to play in this series. He's the right guy against Toronto, against their length and against their athleticism. This is the guy. And, you know, Paul Reed hasn't done anything spectacular, but he hasn't killed them. Um, and I think that's all you're really asking for, really, in the in the non-embeat minutes. Like, he he wasn't, he wasn't only he played eight minutes tonight. It was a minus five. It's nothing special. He, he you know, he made one basket. Didn't have a particularly great game. But again... Just survive the non-Joel Embiid minutes because Joel Embiid's going to deliver. Um, he do, he's done it again and again. So just survive those minutes. And again, I, I give Doc credit for going away from the veteran guy he trusts in DeAndre and trusting the young guy enough to get them through eight minutes. Um, and, and credit to Paul Reed for doing it for, for three games so far. But I think Doc has shown a lot of creativity on the offensive end. Uh, we've discussed, and Tom West wrote a great article breaking it down for us about the Embiid, uh, excuse me, about the Harden and Maxi pick and roll, and what that look has done, and what that's created for Maxi, what that's created for Harden, and it continued in Game Three. Didn't run it as much. I thought there was a lot of Harden and pick and roll, Embiid and Harden pick and roll, which which worked very well um, at certain points of the game. That's where Embiid got that ridiculous dunk on Siakam. Then he had an N one uh, a couple possessions later. I give him credit for at one point going zone because the Raptors were kind of 
getting whatever they wanted and it just it was just enough to kind of break up their rhythm and they did it again in the second half at one point and it worked again and I have to eat crow here because I've I've hated when Doc Rivers has gone zone in the past really I've hated it hated it hated it hated it um the first good example I can remember of them going zone is the Dallas game at home um where they played terrific zone defense and it turned the game um Luka Doncic had a really rough night and um, that was the first instance I can remember. Okay, maybe the zone is a viable option. And Doc, they, and Doc said it, and every player has said it. They hammer it home. They practice it every day. The zone. Um, it's something they work on. So when it came up, and when it a time arose to to deploy it, they they looked ready. They looked organized. It looked like they knew what they were doing. And it it worked just enough to be a change of pace to show Toronto something different, and it threw them off. And it, it did just enough um, to, to turn the tide of the game, I thought, at certain points. He also, too, I give Doc credit. He called three great timeouts. He had the one in his, obviously, the obvious one is he had the one left in his pocket there in overtime with, with .9 on the shot clock when Embiid recovers the ball uh, before Embiid throws up that Hail Mary um, that doesn't even hit the rim. He, Doc gets the time in and time, timeout in time and does that. Um, there was a point where Toronto went zone. And... Uh, it was a tie game at that point, and then Toronto rips off five straight. Doc calls a timeout. They get organized, and they beat the zone, and um, they get right back into it. And then there was another one that I can't quite remember. I, I, I It was, again, I wrote it down in the observations that are in there, and that's why I write those observations, because it's a good reminder of, oh, yeah, this happened, um, and that's why I do it the way I do it. Um, if anyone disagrees with the way I do it, as kind of like the non-live live blog kind of style, um, please feel free to let me know. But I think it works pretty well for us, and I think a couple other guys have ado- have adopted it at Liberty Ballers, and it's it's served us pretty darn well. But yeah, so three well placed timeouts for Doc Rivers, the 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 decision to go zone, and really he's just he's coached a hell of a series through three games. He has coached a hell of a series. You got to give him all the credit in the world because he got a lot of criticism, and I think a lot of it was fair. But now. The, the, it's fair to compliment him, and I think he deserves a lot of it. And we're going to wrap it up on that note. With the Sixers winning again, 104-101 in overtime, Joel Embiid, the best damn player on the planet, give him his due, NBA. Uh, we're going to have plenty more cover. We're going to have plenty from this game. Uh, two days off, Thursday and Friday, we'll have plenty of content coming for you. Um, I'm starting a series that's more about uh, you know being on the beat and, and covering this team and you know, unfortunately didn't make the trip to Toronto for various reasons, but you know, I, I'm, I'm there every day when they're home. I'm at all the practices. I'm, I'm at all the shoot around. So I'm going to deliver to you guys as much as I can, as much inside information as humanly possible, give you the kind of boots on the ground vibe of the team and, and everything there. We have so many more great podcasts coming for the rest of this week. You know, jazz will have you guys all set in that department. We're going to have plenty of written content for you at libertyballers.com. Uh, Sean Kennedy's already got that bell ringer up for you guys to vote on. We're going to have, again, more from this game, more previewing game four, and let's hope a Sixers Heat series in round two. Our old friend Jimmy Butler. That could be a good time. Uh, But I want to thank you guys so much for checking out the Coming In for Atlantic podcast and all the podcasts on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. Please rate, download, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Paul Hudrick, and I will talk to you guys next time.